Today we're looking at Romans, the fifth chapter, starting at the twelfth verse. This important scripture as we start the season of Lent that helps us to understand the word of God in our lives. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. Sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even those whose sin was not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many die through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God in the free gift in the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounding for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin, for the judgment follows one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion, uh, so through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion and life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness led to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we enter into this season of Lent, help us to prepare for the most holy day, the Easter that awaits us, the resurrection. Lord, let us understand we are here because of consequences of sin. You have brought us together to be forgiven. Today we have a table that's been presented. We have grace that is being offered and love that is being shown. Lord, let us claim this in all that we do and know your presence each and every day in Jesus' name we pray, amen. In this scripture, starting in the 12th verse, Paul is writing to the church at Rome, and in effect, the whole Roman Empire. They're called circular letters because when he wrote a letter, it would go hand, and would go to churches, and they would make copies and then pass it on to the next church. It was an early form of the internet. So Paul, he writes this letter knowing that many will read these words. And he's describing one of the basic understandings of the Christian faith. And he talks about this idea of sin, how sin came into the world through Adam. Now when he speaks of sin, let us understand what he is speaking of. Sin in this context is best understood as a relationship with God that is broken. Anything we do that breaks a relationship with God, a holy covenant, is sin. Now, you know, a lot of preachers are real good at preaching about sin. They want to make people, you know, feel guilty, and they say things to uh, maybe step on toes. And sin is no laughing matter. It's very serious because it leads to so many things that are happening in the world that we live in, even in our own lives. In fact, it's not unlike a virus that is spreading and has spread since the very beginning, this virus of sin. That sin entered into the world through one man. And because of that sin, the consequence was death. 
for Adam and Eve, they died. And their children, they died. And we have gone through this mortality generation after generation. So sin begets death, which means that it, it stops life from being lived. And death came through sin, so death spread to all because all have sinned. Now that's hard, but it's true. It's hard to imagine that a sin so many years ago of Adam, when he looked upon the tree and he ate the fruit that he had been forbidden to do, could lead to us being in this state that we are, the brokenness that we find ourselves and the lives that we live. It's a struggle in this life we live. It's hard because a lot of things are out to get us. A lot of things are against us from the biological level to the astronomy level. <laughs> a lot of things don't want us to survive. Life is hard to come by. In fact, for some odd reason, and we know why, God loves us. He decided to create on the third planet from the sun, life. We have looked everywhere. We tried to find evidence of it on Mars. There's no chance of it existing on Venus, and certainly not Mercury. Maybe Europa, one of the moons. Maybe one of the larger planets, but we do not think so. NASA has spent countless money and time and effort looking for life, and I tell you, they just got to come to Mamers, and they'll find it. Life is here at Mamers. They can land one of those little drones if they want to, and they can look around, and they can see we stir here. We're alive. But with this life comes consequence, and this consequence is the sin that we are born into. I'm sorry it's that way. I really am. It doesn't seem fair to me that what our great-great-great-grandfather so many years ago did has led us to become sinful. But the story doesn't end there. Paul is saying sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law, yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses. It's one of the great mysteries of life is that we live and then we die. You ever walked through a cemetery and looked at the names upon the stone? Years ago when I first started preaching, I did a cemetery survey in the sand hills for a church called Pleasant Hill. Very large cemetery, went back over 200 years. I tried to go in and write all the names down on paper, but that didn't last very long because there were a lot of names. And I was trying to write everything on the headstone for, you know, reasons that people may want to read. And I noticed around the year 1918, there were a lot of deaths in that year. And I said, this is very odd. This person was not very old. And so I went back and I did research. And I remembered the story my grandfather told about his brother, whose name was Langsford. And he was a tall and strong young man. He had just come out of the fields working in 1918. And he walked up to the kitchen and he stood on the doorway and he just fell back dead. He had influenza. Not unlike this new virus. In fact, it's being compared to influenza. And it swept across the nation, and it led to many people dying, including his brother. And he was shocked by it happening to such a young, strong young man who was working so hard, and yet this disease was no respecter of persons. We live in a world that has death. Death is a reality. It's the struggle of life. It's how we live each and every day, as we talked about with the young people this morning, it's because we're finite. 
we have a clear beginning and a clear end. You know, there's one guy, uh, he was going to predict when he was going to die, so he, he had already made his casket, and he carved on it his birth date, and then he carved his projected death date. And then he had to mark through that one because he outlived his you know, projected death date, and he carved another date, and he outlived that one, carved another date, and outlived that one, and the casket was covered in all the days that he was predicting he was going to die. And even when he died, the article said he didn't get it right then. Death is real, and it's hard, and, and it's cold, and it's scary. But death is not what we think it is. For the death that comes through sin is the end, but the death that comes through Christ is the beginning. Yet death exercised this dominion from Adam to Moses, even though in those who sin was not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one to come, and that one to come is Jesus. And then he speaks of this marvelous idea of the free gift that God has given us. It's not the trespass of sin, but God has given us a free gift. And that gift is eternal life. For if the many die through the one man's trespass there in the 15th verse, much more, it says, surely have the grace of God in the free gift and the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. So Easter that we are preparing for is about this gift that is given by God to us. Just imagine. Imagine. Not John Lennon's imagine of no heaven above, no earth beneath, no religions. But just imagine what God has in store for us. He has in store an eternity of possibilities an eternity of promise, an eternity of love. We are called to live every day opening this gift every morning when we open our eyes, this gift of eternal life. I don't need to tell you what that means because you know what that means. You have said goodbye to your family, to your friends, many times right here in the church. And we cling to that promise. We hold to that promise. We know that promise is true because we know it's not goodbye, but it is just we will meet again. Much more has God's grace and his free gift has been given through Jesus the Christ who has abounded for many. And this free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin because, see, this is what happens with sin. Sin is contagious. I catch sin, you catch sin. My sin, it rubs off on you. You sin, I sin, we both sin. They're saying with the virus, there's something called the knot. Some of you may know, as you scientists, that it's the number of people it infects. They're saying this new virus will infect three to four other people. It has an R4 rating, an R3 point something rating which is what influenza down to the decimal point. It's almost identical to this disease back in 1918. You know what the most contagious disease is? I was shocked to find this out. Measles. Measles has a R rating of 18. One person catches measles, and everybody catches measles. But sin's got an R rating of billions of trees. Because sin begets sin begets sin. 
And what we think is a little thing soon becomes a big thing. What we think is a minor miscalculation or mistake ends up being a bigger mistake. We let these things that hinder us. See, that's what sin does. And it's not like the free gift because the free gift doesn't hinder us. The free gift changes us. It gives us new potential, new possibilities. It allows us to do something that the world would never allow us to do. You know, in the Old Testament, in the children of Israel, they had the Jubilee year. The Jubilee year was once every 50 years. And you know what happened on the Jubilee year? Other than being happy, everybody was very happy on the Jubilee year. There was a lot of singing, there was dancing, there was music. And one of the big parts of the Jubilee year is all debts were canceled. Amen. <laughs> Means you don't have to pay for that new car you just got. Amen. Means that just using that credit card to cancel. Once every 50 years in ancient Israel, they canceled the debts. You could imagine that if America happens, uh, well, some you know, debts are looking pretty high, you know, student loans and other things like that. But just imagine what our economy would do. We're not built on such a free gift as that. And believe me, I, I, I'm, I'm of the you know, pragmatic school. I believe there's no free lunch. I believe if I don't pay, somebody else will pay. I believe if I don't carry my weight, somebody else will have to carry the weight. I believe that there is a justice in all things. I'm very pragmatic. But this idea of a free gift being given, not sin that corrodes and corrupts and weighs down and has a physical toll. And you can tell a person living in sin. Just look at them. They carry a shadow. They carry sadness. They carry sorrow, not of the world, but of self. But when somebody's been freed in Christ, it's as if they're a new person. What I say is the new you. And that means that God's forgiven. God hasn't just turned away and said it didn't happen. God has gone the effort to make the sin erased from your life. Where you are a new person in Christ. That is the free gift. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin. For judgment followed one trespass and condemnation. And sin always includes judgment and condemnation. But the free gift of Jesus Christ is not about condemnation. That's why we don't hurt our brothers and sisters and we don't tear them down. We build them up hoping that Christ's love will enter into their hearts and they will be the better person that we know they can be in Christ Jesus. See, he's saying that judgment and condemnation follows the sin. But because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through the one. Much more surely with those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift, he said it again, of righteousness exercised dominion through the one man, Jesus the Christ. So what does this free gift look like? What does it look like? How many here like Christmas? You like Christmas? I like Christmas. You never peeked in the present, have you? Oh, not mine. You ever shook the box? You ever took the box and shook? Try to figure, oh, my. Confession's good for the soul. You never made a little uh, tear in it and peeked into it, have you? Well, let me tell you this gift from Jesus to Christ. 
it's not so well hidden. <laughs> From the world it is, for they do not know what the gift is. They do not understand it. They do not see the truth for what it is, what Easter really means. What they see is this group of people who believe in something that requires faith. But sisters and brothers, if you can't believe, what can you really do in life? How miserable life must be to people who do not attend church. To people who do not believe. People that uh, live their lives a certain way. I remember I did this service for a man years ago. He was a sinner. He was a wretched sinner. His family said he was a sinner. In fact, he weren't a member or even. The funeral home called me and said, Pastor, would you help? And I said, surely I will. And I went and helped. And I remember I did the service and I was saying, Lord, give me something to say. Give me something to say. Because here's his daughter and she's weeping, not out of sorrow, but she's weeping out of joy, or joy that this mean man is dead. She told me so. And I said, Lord, what can I say? And so I did the 23rd Psalm. I did the Lord's Prayer. I prayed for his soul. I just read the scripture. And afterwards, she came up to me and she said, I want you to know that what you said gives me hope in him. I did not really speak hope. I did not pretend that somehow he would enter into the gates, for I do not know. I cannot preach a person through the gate, but I can help you get there. And this man never had that chance. He died on the streets of a town. Yet she heard in what I said, she heard Jesus and the free gift. She heard that love has great possibilities. She heard that her father, even in all of his sin and sorrow, still this free gift can bring justification. I do not know, for I am not the judge of men and neither are you, only Jesus Christ is judge. But what I do know is this free gift brings about justification. And who is it justification with? Is it with each other? It is with God. God saying to us, I love you. I forgive you. Come be with me. I have a place for you. See, surely receiving the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercises dominion in life through the man, Jesus Christ. And just as the one man's sin led to condemnation, one man's act of righteousness leads to justification. It's a powerful thing when Christ enters into the life of an individual. They soon find that life is worth living and love is worth having. Life is what God has given us. So the new you. Isn't that something? The new you. They say in your human body, once every 14 years, every cell in your body, it regenerates. So I'm um, one, two, three, four, working on my fifth person now. I have to add it up. Some of you got to add, some of you have to not add so much. You children still working on your first body, aren't you? Just remember, any scars you get, they'll pass to the next level of you. 
but make sure that next you is even a better you than the former you. And then when you get to the next you, you need to just be really good then and just keep on getting better. And finally, you're going to be like Miss Charlie. You're just going to be blessed through the new you. And you're going to be like all the others God has given us in this church, our saints. It's not that they've lived perfect lives. They'll tell you first they have not. But they have trusted God. But there's a new you awaiting in the heaven. That will not be bound by this earthly shell that makes us up. And this new you is an eternal being. Where God will give you all that you need. My father and me had a discussion one day and I said, Dad, I said, if a man only has one leg or one arm, does he have another leg when he gets to heaven? And he said, what do you think, Jerome? And I said, I don't know. And he said, you got to think about that. What do you think? And I finally said, yeah, I guess so. And he said, you're right. He said, why would God make a person go through eternity with just one leg? He would surely give them two. Or one eye, he would give them two. Why would God let us suffer for eternity? Maybe that's what that other place is. But the heaven that awaits us, the promise of resurrection, the promise of Easter is that we are more than conquerors. We are the children of the living God. Therefore, just as one sin has led to corruption and sorrow and sadness, One man's act of righteousness, the cross of Jesus the Christ. And for those that were part of the Ash Wednesday service, thank you for coming. It was such a beautiful service. And I can tell you I felt the power of God when we put the mark of the cross upon your head. And this morning in Miss Gwen's class, the young people did the same thing. Isn't that correct? Y'all put a mark of the cross without the ashes upon your face, your head, to show that you indeed are under the promise and the love of Jesus. See, we have been given this act of righteousness, this sign of righteousness that leads to justification and life for all so here's what we're going to say virus come on what can you do to us our God is greater disease come on what can you do to us God is greater grief come on what can you do to us God is greater Death, come on, I dare you, I dare you to try to take away my joy. What can you do to us? Our God is greater. Sisters and brothers, that is what the free gift is. It's realizing that all things are possible to those who love the Lord and work according to his purpose. This is a beautiful place at Spring Hill. You're a beautiful people. You're okay. God is doing a great work here. We are not afraid of tomorrow, for we know who holds tomorrow. Amen.